Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Biomast episode three tonight. Uh, it's the third week in a row, so we're batting pretty well. Uh, we've got a pretty good show tonight. We've got a lot of CPM candidates, and we've actually got a uh, acting CPM, or a full CPM member here tonight. So we're going to have a lot of discussion, a lot of news happening in uh, dust this week that we're going to get to. Uh, so we'll talk briefly about a little bit of the situation with the CPM changes and uh, some of the events going on there here this week. And some of the news that came out of CCP Rouge that uh, we've got a new head of head of dust. Uh, we've got a new guy taking the con and trying to see dust through as we eventually work on Project Legion. So you've got those two parallel tracks going. And from there, we're going to talk about a few other things uh, here and there, kind of where the discussion leads us. But without further ado, we're going to kick it off and we'll start with our introductions and Hans. Hey, I'm uh, Hans Jägerblitzen, um, member of Onslaught Incorporated and uh, current chair of this Council of Planetary Management. Sweet. And Cross. Hi, I'm Cross2. I'm currently a member of OSG Planetary and a longtime closed beta tester in Canada. Pokey? Uh, Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and CPM1 uh, Canada. And Shrive. Uh, I'm an alliance lead in uh, the Top Men Alliance, and I'm also running for CPM1. And Zion? Zion Shad here, co-host of uh, Podside Podcast, which we're generally using the mumble on. And um, currently am now running for CPM1 and also co-owner of Multiplex Gaming, LLC. And I'm Jason Larison, member of OSG Planetary Ops and uh, Diplo for Covert Intervention Alliance. Uh, and apparently I'm the only person here not running for CPM or sitting on the chair. <laughs> so Definitely that, doesn't keep you from asking us questions, though, does it? No, it is It is kind of interesting, though. Uh, it's it's just really happened sort of, like I said, organically. We had a lot of people very interested in uh, in being CPM members before the announcement of FanFest. And really what you find is the guys that are interested in helping the community and helping the game out are the ones that really want to foster active communication. And to be honest, a lot of us are fans of Podside. So we, we contacted Pukin and, and here we are. And, and really kudos to you guys on Podside uh, channel for really kind of helping us get started too, by the way. Um, without further ado, uh, we've got a lot of news to cover. So we're gonna try to get through the news a little bit fast and we wanna make sure that we've got everybody's uh, take on what's going on. So we're just kind of kind of gonna jump right into it. Uh, the first thing we've got going on this week, and actually is probably the, the smallest bit of news, is a fair amount of districts swapping hands from some of the bigger power blocks in the game to the smaller ones. And this is a continuing trend we've seen for the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, I think what it's a, a, an indicator of is that there is a lot of movement in the game. Some, some players are leaving, some are taking a break. And I think a lot of different corps and alliances are literally just taking different stock of what's going on and kind of treating the game a little bit different. Uh, what you're interestingly, interestingly enough, what you're seeing is some of the larger alliances actually handing over districts to very small uh, corps. Basically, they have to be able to fend for themselves and at least field, field APCT. But you're seeing a, a very interesting set of circumstances building up, and I kind of like to take take time just to kind of get the thoughts of uh, everybody on the, on the count on the table right now, just to see how you, you guys think this is unfolding and uh, what positives and negatives you see coming out of it. And we'll kind of start this off with uh, Pokey, if you don't mind, just because we've been pretty active in PC for the last few days and it's been kind of interesting. So I just want to get your take and we'll just kind of go around the, around the table real quick on this. 
Well, it's really interesting. Uh, you've seen groups like Ancient Exiles actually giving away uh, basically all their, their districts. I think they're all completely given away now, uh, given to uh, other corps, new corps, you know, medium-sized corps, just trying to, uh, you know, uh, stir the pot a bit. And the way they expressed it to me was uh, that they're trying to bring back kind of that more classic PC feel where it's a little more chaotic and less of the, the blue donut like we had before. So... You know, I think it's it's a really good thing. I, I I hope they're sincere in their intentions for that. They they even offer to you know help smaller corps defend their districts against bigger corps that are attacking them, just so they kind of have a a foot in the door to to try PC out and actually get uh, some experience. And I think that uh, it, it's it's good. There's a lot of corps I think that out there that thought PC was out of their reach, either because of size or because of the situation we we recently had. And I think it's good that they can actually give that a go because it's kind of the dream they, they wanted when they came into dust you know pc was the the selling point for them and i think it's great that they can actually you know give that a shot no i would i would agree with that just as a quick aside uh pokey and i talked to one individual uh in one of these larger corps will kind of remain nameless but uh it was sort of interesting he's one of the the corp leaders and it's he was very heartfelt actually it's very surprising he was very sincere that uh, when he was talking to some of the smaller corps as he was handing over these districts uh, it struck him how excited they were to get a district uh, because they'd never had one. And he had always had one. So he never he never knew what it was like not to be in PC versus the guys that are getting into PC. So it's kind of interesting. You see a little bit of groundswell of, uh, of excitement right now in the player base. Uh, Zell, your thoughts? Well, I'm uh, I'm pretty glad the donut is dead. Um, I think to some degree. So there was, you know, one one group mentioned an attempt to start their own um, PFC. But I think what what you've really seen happen uh, in the last week is I, I think the entire game is PFC. Um, I, I I'm hesitant to think, you know, and we'll have to see how this goes. But you know, there there's definitely going to be some, you know, some backlash when someone decides to kick a group entirely out of, uh, out of PC and take their last district. Um, so, you know, it's, it seems that the entirety is, is going to more groups so that people can get more fights. And I think it's great. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, Zion, what are your thoughts? Well, to be honest, uh, it seems like people are getting bored. <laughs> And it's good to mix it up, open it up to people who've never had the the shop before and everything, especially with all the changes that are happening with Dust. Um, it also allows EVE entities like those in NullSec to start looking at corporations that they may want to bring under the wing to protect their planets. Because um, I'm still not quite sure how much of PC is going to be taken over to Legion and uh, what kind of mechanics are going to be worked out that way. It could be just two separate fills, maybe Molden Heath will just be forever dust uh, until dust dies. And that would be a section of space that Legion just won't be able to touch. And so with that, though, I want dust to be fun. And I'm definitely glad that people are having fun once again with PC and that it's being opened up and not being contained. Um, DNS Black, who was on Podside talking about the blue donut and talking about his superiority and that he was going to claim victory upon 100% of it and have this tournament and have people come underneath him. I'm glad he was defeated and that that never came to pass, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us would agree with that. And, uh, 
what what just as an aside I, I we generally don't go too much for the the pure political side in here but it is kind of interesting listening to the guys that were inside dns particularly in the ancient exiles group about their um their perspective on that whole episode, or not, not just the pod side episode, but that whole sort of DNS black is here in Melvin Heath sort of period. Uh, it, it is kind of interesting. And we're in fact looking at bringing one or two of those guys on to, uh, to biomass here in a future episode where they can kind of give you some of the inside baseball on how that went down. Um, Cross, what are your thoughts? Well, PC is obviously at least a potential source of a lot of content for the game and one of its unique selling points. So hopefully the corps that are in now are more interested in maintaining content creation for the player base, their own and those outside their corps, than they are in just amassing quantities of ISK. And uh, we'll take a little bit of responsibility to keep things fun and interesting rather than letting another blue donut form. Yeah, no, I, I would entirely agree with that. Uh, Hans, you're kind of, you have an interesting position looking uh, from up on high there at the, uh, uh, on Olympus at us mere mortals, sort of. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I basically don't give a crap about the politics. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, at the end of the day, what I care about are the, the underlying mechanics because that's what leads to situations like the donut in the first place. And I mean, at the end of the day, nothing has changed since before FanFest other than uh, a bunch of sort of cultural and social factors. And while that was sufficient to sort of shatter the, the long-term interest and sort of break things up and, and stir the pot, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't do a darn thing to actually fix the game. And so, um, the, this is one of those things that the, the CPM was actively working on, uh, in the weeks before FanFest, uh, was a package of fixes to, uh, clone pack size and to the passive income and moving, uh, a bunch of the profit from planetary conquest over to the active side so that people are, are uh, rewarded for fighting rather than uh, owning long-term territory um, and, and shift a lot of that income from the top down, meaning from a, a passive static source at the top where it gets paid out to members, but moving more of that to uh, giving individual members payouts for participating in planetary conquest. And then corpse can then uh, tax their members and pull the income up that way. This is a fundamental problem with, with uh, sovereignty in, in uh, Eve as well, that that hasn't ever been fixed there, but we have a really uh, good opportunity to fix that right now, especially with um, CCP Ritati coming in to uh, directly oversee this work. Um, there's a, a great opportunity here because he's willing to work with the CPM for that that plan that was already in motion before uh, FanFest to continue and actually be executed on here. Um, so that's that's where my interest is in all this, is actually fixing the mechanics. Um, it's great to see all the movement again, but we need to make sure that the mechanics support this indefinitely rather than um, only long enough before some other group uh, leverages themselves back in the position that DNS did. Yeah, no, you hit on something I think is is very critical, particularly because we've got several. Well, really, again, everybody but me sitting here that's, that potentially could be in that fight or in that effort rather with CCP on making dust um, enjoyable and viable for the rest of its lifespan. Um, and it's really about the mechanics. The mechanics allowed the situation. And you know, you and I have talked before, and it really comes down to you should never preclude somebody from taking everything over, having 100% control, but it must be exceedingly difficult to do. And that's one of the things that the mechanics ultimately, it, it was just too simple for it to be done. Uh, and, and I think we all understand why. And 
I think for the most part, a lot of the the minor fixes that were voiced by some of the CPM members and some of the some of the big PC factions, uh, they're all very viable and based on CCP Rotati's post on, on sort of the direction that they want to go with Dust in terms of development. I think they all sound very doable to be to be honest with you. So it really sounds it, it's really good to hear that from you. Um, any other thoughts on this one, guys? Well, I just got a quick question for Hans in in that. What's the possibilities of actually having more planets within Holden, Molden Heath opened up? Um, I that's something I'll have to talk with uh, Ritati about. I don't actually know the technical, uh, uh, like how easy that is. I couldn't speak on that. Um, the you know my my opinion on that has always been like I want to see far more people like clamoring over each other to get into planetary conquest, and I think we're a lot closer to that right now with the recent surge of interest. Um, but, you know, things were, for a while, pretty static, and there was a lot of waning interest in participation. And that was, you know, it was something that, like, adding more plants was, is always kind of, like, off our off our radar when there's a lull in interest in planetary conquest. But now that, that things are uh, are bustling again, and certainly if we get another package of changes that really kickstarts interest, um, you know, yeah, I could see us running into a, a space where we may do, need to expand some planets. But uh, that's something that uh, uh, Rotati will have to speak on himself. I don't actually know the technical side of that. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, and, and one thing, guys, I think Zell actually sort of hit hit the nail on the head is that when PC works, PFC is somewhat irrelevant. Uh, and, and I think that there is a window of time if CCP will strike that, that with some changes, many of which we've discussed here or in the forums or in person, uh, with a few changes that they could make PC a pretty viable uh, game mechanic, at least game platform going forward. And I think that's a that's something to remember here uh, as we have our discussion a little bit later. And when we're dealing with other folks that are still trying to figure the whole PC thing out. It was very interesting. I actually had a conversation with a guy who's only played Dust for about a week yesterday. Um, and I haven't done that in a while. I actually spoke to someone who's truly, literally brand new to the game. And it's kind of interesting how, how excited they are uh, when they look at the star map and they see all this stuff moving around. Um, it, it was quite interesting. I think there is a window of time where CCP can can work on this. Um, now, it, it, that, that brings us to an interesting segue in terms of um, how things have been shaped and what, what's going on. One of the other big pieces of news is CCP Rotati has been officially installed as the, I guess, the lead or the, uh, the, the bus driver, if you will, for Dust, for the development or the, at least... I, I think probably a better way to describe it is the continued sustainment of Dust. Uh, and CCP Rattati is very well known to the player base. He's he's an interesting guy in that he is not necessarily a dev, like an actual I design computer games kind of guy. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's more on the financial side of it. Uh, but he's got an interesting background, and he really does come come at things from a player's perspective. And uniformly, since he started becoming a, a presence on the forums many, many months ago, he's definitely established himself as one of the player's devs, if you will. Uh, every post that he makes, it, it's always about, wow, I did this with this suit, or how does this work, guys? He literally posts as though he are, as though he is a community member, which is, is somewhat unique in terms of how the devs interact on the forums. Uh, so my, my personal opinion is that there, there it was a great stroke by Rouge CCP Rouge, the executive producer, to install CCP Rattati, who does have a good connection to the player base as sort of the, the leader of the dust effort. And he, he put a masterful post up 
that described what he wanted to do uh, in that capacity. And it's probably one of the more positive threads uh, that you'll see on the forums nowadays. It's getting a lot of really good feedback from uh, folks in the community. And I just kind of like to open it up to uh, discussion with everybody. What, what are your thoughts on this? Um, and I'd like to lead off with Hans, if you don't mind, just because he's probably what, maybe the only one of us outside of, uh, I guess, maybe Shad, if you bumped into him at FanFest, that may have actually come, had, had some interactions with him and, um, and has a little bit of knowledge about where they want to go with Dustin in the future. So, Hans, I'll lead off with you, and we'll just kind of open it up for discussion with that. Yeah, so this is essentially, uh, in, the, in the greater scheme of things, this is CPM coaching that's finally paying off in, in terms of uh, this is something that we've said almost from the beginning when they instituted us like a year ago. We've said, you know, the way that the the development team needs to work with the community is, is you know, intimately and openly and transparently and iteratively and, and uh, you know, very much in the style of, of CCP Rise and CCP Fozzy and and, um, you know, we've always said, like, if we if we can't either shift the culture to get the existing devs to work this way, then you need to bring more people on board that are willing to work this way. And uh, CCP Rattati is, is one of those individuals. And it's it's another, um, you know, another nod to CCP Rouge's good judgment um, and, and his willingness uh, to listen, willingness to listen to us um, in in recommending the type of people that he needs to build his team around and the way that he needs to, to build a team, you know, to function. And so this is, this is really, really encouraging to see him bring somebody like Rattati on board um, already. Like I've, I've never seen such rapid communication from anybody else we've worked with at CCP. Like, like literally every other day um, he's giving the CPM the next uh, set of homework and assignment. And we're, we're basically rapidly building um, kind of scuttling together all the parts to, to build a, essentially a 1.9 sort of uh, patch. And that's kind of being shaped up now. He's uh, gathering a bunch of the stuff right off straight off the forums in these controlled threads, which is another C big CPM thing we've been, we've been asking for all year is we basically said, look, the minute that you guys as devs start blue tagging posts, people are going to fall in line and give out productive feedback. And that's exactly what we've seen play out here. They finally gone in and started blue tagging their own subjects and getting ahead of things on the forums. And already those are some of the cleanest and most productive threads uh, that we've, we've ever seen. So this is, these are all like really positive signs that the, the CCP is listening to the CPM's advice. They're working with us. They're working with the community the way that we've been recommending. And, uh, and it's already like off to a much healthier start than a lot of the, the sort of toxicity that we've seen in the past. So I'm really encouraged by it. Well, guys, what do you think? I think that this is actually one of the, the best things that could have happened. I mean, when I first read the dev blog, I was a little surprised actually because I was like, this guy doesn't sound like a dev at all. He sounds like a player. And it, it felt like a, a strange move coming from CCP. But, you know, thinking about it, it's like, this is actually really good. This is, you know, this is uh, uh, someone that's going to be leading things up, but still understands the actual player base because he's a player, more, you know, a player more than a dev. And I wish that they had brought him in for FanFest, you know, prior to, or regardless of how things worked out, if he was there immediately, I think things would have gone a lot smoother because like Han said, the amount of feedback in the, the forums is fantastic. I love going in there and seeing, 
you know, the Mimitar Commando is the most used commando. Why do you guys think this is? That's the kind of feedback they need, and the players love seeing that because they think that, okay, it's not just a dev responding to a post. He's asking us for information. We're giving it to him, and he's responding, okay, thanks, guys. That's what I needed. And I think this is doing wonders for the community. It's really helping them that toxicity in the in the, the community, and I, I think it's great. So I'm really glad he's in there. I think it was the perfect move to make, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he's got next. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Pokey on that. Um, I think that they have a real good opportunity right now to maintain this trajectory because Legion is obviously at a very early stage and the backlash from FanFest was sort of the persistence being sucked out of dust, which I don't think is really CCP's intent. And if CCP Rotati can continue this type of methodology and re-engage the community, Legion will be a better product once it comes out and people in dust now, the community as a whole, will be a lot more robust and won't feel like they've been cheated out of the time and the effort that they've put in. It'll restore faith. And I think that uh, I think that Ritati, again, you know, he's he may not be from the, the dev team side, but in terms of management and just communicating back and forth with the players is going to be the big thing and telling the, the people who are actually implementing the changes what needs to be the priority. Yeah, I think that's a pretty legit way to look at it. Um, broadly, I, I, I found very few people, at least in my, my homework today uh, for the show, that had really anything negative to say about him, at least based on limited people get limited interaction people get from posts. Uh, Zion, any thoughts from you? Hey, at this point, we need somebody to do this because I was scared. A lot of people are scared, still scared. I mean, when FanFest came, we thought it was doom and gloom. You know, everybody abandon ship, save yourselves. Dust is dying. This shows that Dust is planned to have life and that it does have life right now and that somebody is taking care of the player base that is still here and in hopes still would want to grow that player base in some way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad that somebody is put to the helm here instead of uh, JC having to like micromanage back and forth. Or, or somebody else. There, I feel like there's actually a team here, and even here in Hans say that that they're kind of working on a patch that's that's like a 1.9 is great. That's that's good news. That gives everybody something to look forward to, and I'm really hoping that we find a lot more news on this coming out soon. Yeah, I noticed one of the things that uh, Ritati said was that uh, sort of the next thing they're working on is how to fix all the little things patch. Which, which, you know, that's huge. Even on the EVE side, those kind of patches are usually fairly well-received. Um, so, this, you know, broadly, I think this is a really good move for CCP. I think it was a smart move for Rouge. Um, Zion, actually, I did want to ask you one kind of quick hypothetical. When you were at FanFest as a player, let's say, e- even with the, the, ugly, uh, the ugly rollout that they had during the, the initial keynote, if they had trotted out CCP Rattati, like very shortly said, okay, this is the guy that's going to be running our dust effort. Uh, and he said basically what he said in that forum post, how would that have changed your perspective of what went on at FanFest? Well, that would have been a great way to fill the absent 25 minutes that they left with nothing. I mean, the, the crickets in the room and everything else. Had they came out with, with a little bit of information about dust still having life that here, here's this new face that's going to be running things for Dust. He, he's not really new, but you, you get what I'm saying. He's now in a new position. Uh, that would have been received far better than than what was 
given to us at FanFest. And a lot of that was because of miscommunication. Um, I don't know between who or what happened there, but it does seem like a little bit of this could have been avoided. And had that been in the works then, uh, a lot of the, the drama that had ensued that entire weekend would have been avoided greatly. I mean, there would have been some ease into things, and we would have felt like that, yes, they were trying to give the message that these were going to be two separate games, and we would have felt like that message would have been more well-received instead of, this game is dying, you're going here. It would have been a lot better. Um, and it's it's sad that it's a hypothetical instead of something that we're talking about that was done in the past. No, that's that's a pretty fair assessment, and I, you know, that was one of the interesting perspectives I was thinking about today, because I actually read you know, that you know the growing thread knot from the OP from CCP Rouge, all the way to the current uh, the current post, and that was sort of the one thing that struck me out of all of that is that level of communication two two three weeks ago probably could have saved an incredible amount of angst <laughs> on the part of a lot of people. Uh, so. Broadly, I think it's probably a really good thing that he's on board, and I'll be very interested to see what uh, what comes out of this. And we're going to circle back to this in a little bit later in the podcast, where we talk a little bit about uh, sort of some specifics on what we want to see out of out of Dust in the future, and maybe some player player requested or generated events, or some things that, that we can work with CCP on. Uh, but I do want to transition to a little bit about the the other big component of news for the week, and, and it's kind of unfortunate that this happened. So you've, you've got um, you know, sort of an in with a new thing with CCP Ritati coming in. I mean, there's a lot of positive spin on that. And you also had uh, a, a series of incidents that, for the most part, have been have remained behind closed doors that led to the removal of the CPM member Novanine. Uh, now, let me let me be clear. I was in in brief contact with uh, Logi Bro over this just to get a, an official statement from CCP. Uh, this is relatively shortly after the announcement. Uh, as you can imagine, they're not going to go into any significant detail at all in terms of exactly what led up to this. Uh, but basically, uh, due to, for the most part, uh, interpersonal reactions, and Nova Knife was removed from the CPM as a executive action by CCP. Uh, and one thing Logi Bro asked me to make it very clear on the podcast tonight is that in no way, shape, or form was it related to any sort of NDA event or um, disagreement about the direction or travel that CCP is putting forth in its products. Um, and, and Nova Knife has basically said the exact same thing in Skype channels as well. So it, it's kind of a touchy subject. We know that we're not going to be able to talk a lot about it uh, in terms of the specifics, but it, it does give an interesting window to the pressures that the CPM will be under uh, or they can be placed under. And to, the, and to be honest, it's been a long time si since I've heard about anything like this even happening in the CSM on the Eve's side. So um, once again, we're going to start off with Hans a little bit uh, just to kind of talk through not the specifics of the issue, uh, if you don't mind, but literally what are the, the types of events that will lead up to having this kind of personal friction uh, inside of a CPM team? And how can CPM candidates sort of shield themselves from this as they're getting into the process? Well, I, I hope, first of all, that the CPM1 doesn't go through a lot of the prolonged sort of excruciating stress tests that the CPM0 has gone through. I think that's an <laughs> un undeniable factor here that, that just can't be ignored. That's not excusing any of what's gone down with any of the individual CPM0 members, because none of us have been perfect recently. But um, 
you know, it, when you look back, we were supposed to be a several month project to set up an election and it turned into, you know, six months into the term, we were still waiting to find out whether we were going to be used at all. And then, then Rouge came on board and we got into this whirlwind of Legion. And then we kind of had a, a little bit of a stressful time there at a fan fest. And then we had this, uh, we were supposed to have a CPM summit that, that basically didn't happen. And then we've been putting out fires ever since then. And like, it's, we're we're beyond a year now. We should have, you know, been elected and replaced, you know, by now. And that was, it should have happened a long time ago. And I think it's just, it's, we're seeing nerves start to fray. Um, the unfortunate thing is, is uh, regardless of, of what circumstances any, any CPM or CSM member finds themselves in, like professionalism is always like a priority. And being able to maintain a, a relationship, a working relationship with the people around you is absolutely crucial. And you know, regardless of the pressure that we get under, regardless of how much we want to say certain things, there's a time and a place to say certain things. And, and that's something that everyone is just a skill that everyone has to be mindful of. And, you know, because actions have consequences. Um, and in this case, you know, CCP acted in order to sort of preserve an atmosphere of professionalism and keep talks going smoothly. And, you know, what happened, happened. I mean, I hope that CCB can kind of take this incident as as a note that you know things are uh, getting a little rough on your guys' end, and it's probably time to push this election through as quickly as possible. Because I think you know, I'm sure you're tired. Everyone else is tired. We obviously see those effects now. So hopefully, they'll get the message. Absolutely, that's that's one of our priorities as well as getting that set up. We're, ho- we're hoping to get an announcement about that really soon. Uh, we'd all appreciate that, I'm sure. Well, one of the things I did notice, um, and I'll I'll sort of kind of open 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 ask this one to Hans and, and let you other guys jump in on this one. I've noticed uh, all of the CPM members to one degree or another, there was this um, coming off FanFest, this uh, almost period of incredible friction that was exposed publicly. Uh, so you, you had some posts by Kane Sparrow that were taken uh, not well by members of the community and, and apparently by one or two members of the of the CPM. Uh, you had Jenza essentially acting like she normally does, which is can be kind of snippy. Uh, you had Iron Wolf Saber, who is one of the most prolific forum posters probably known to man. Uh, but even he he was continuing to have some issues uh, generating friction coming off of FanFest in terms of his interactions with the community. So it was kind of interesting. It literally was like this little uptick swell of uh, communication challenges coming out of the CPM. And, and I attribute a lot of that to literally sort of people's saturation point for, for, you know, randomness and bullshittery had kind of been maxed out. Uh, I'm just kind that's, of curious. That's very, very accurate. I mean, like our, our, we've, we've been pushed to the limit. This has been more stressful than anything I could have ever imagined going through on either the CSM or the CPM. And like, just when we like, keep waiting for something to turn around like there's some other horrible thing that's happened that's added that much more onto our plates to deal with and you know it's there's some nice like little lights at the end of the tunnel with ccp rotati and 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 we can sort of smell the elections coming um a little bit closer than than we used to but like it's it's still just exhausting and it's you know we're seeing those nerves start to fray yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear from the other CPM candidates, just uh, not so much about Nova Knife in general, but what you're, you know, what do you what do you see when you see what's going on with the CPM? 
uh, in terms of your position of what you're getting into or what you're trying to sign up for for the next year. So I'll kind of open this up to the to the uh, folks on the table here. Well, one of the uh, the first things that that really has struck me is you know is obviously this has been a very prolonged and very stressful issue. And the thing is, is none of them none of them were elected for it, and none of them um, were. Uh, None of, none of them had signed up for this. They were, you know, as far as I, if I remember correctly, the, the intention was for the, the CPM white paper thing to be like a 90 day job. And it, it uh, Hans can tell me if I'm right or wrong on that, but, you know, obviously it's turned into being uh, well over a year. And, uh, you know, so there's, they're dealing with stuff they're not, they weren't supposed to have to. And then you look at the, you know, the Legion announcement and one of the things that you continue to see, you saw the moment it happened and you've continued to see since, is incredible hatred for the CPM for doing their job and upholding their contract that they had. Um, you know, when people are saying, you know, literally hating them for not saying what they're, they were not allowed to say. Well, the whole situation, like reading all these posts and stuff, um, just following you guys, uh, CPM members and, and the different things. There seems to be a very blurred line between professionalism in this whole situation and, and the actions of the, the CPM, where you could almost just pick and choose who you would want to, you know, pick off of the system based on any of these actions. Do you feel that's, like that at that's, all? I think that's I think that's fair if you're looking at purely the the public record. I mean, and that's that's all I can really go into. But yeah, that's that's what maybe what a conclusion that you could come to from the public record. But this this decision was not made over a single post. That just to be clear on that, like there was no one incident or one post that was all right. You broke this like unbreakable rule at this moment of this public post, and that's why you're gone. That that was not the case here. Yeah, I would I would imagine or at least hope that it was more than just just this one ordeal that there was something you know building up to it or whatever um and then granted this is just my my perspective on it from being an outside being on the outside looking in and having no knowledge of the the nda or having any knowledge of your guys's interactions outside of the forums themselves so just want to make that clear for anybody else who's listening right now well, and, and one other thing I'd like to say, like Nova's Nova's one of my best friends, like, and he's he's been one of uh, an amazing partner throughout the year, and and just and, like he's been a hero on the CPM, you know, and you know for that matter, uh, Laurent Cazadaron was also a hero before he he parted, and these guys have have put their time in and have done incredible things in their work, and I don't want to undermine any of that by the way things have ended up with either one of them, um, but they've they've done incredible things, and like in in the other thing to remember is that. CCP Logi Bro and Nova Knife were were also friends and still are and like this this decision wouldn't have been made lightly and it wouldn't have been made if unless Logi Bro you know and and the others at CCP felt that there was you know a significant need to remove an individual from a situation and it's just it's unfortunate but I don't want it to at the end of the day undermine any of the the work that that Nova Knife's contributed throughout the year. Cross your thoughts. I, well, I'd like to circle back around to kind of your initial question, which is, as prospective candidates for CPM1, how would we insulate ourselves from similar events? And, you know, obviously it's no comment on CPM0 because the amount of stress and the amount of time has kind of been Herculean already. And truthfully, I think it speaks very highly of all of our CPM members currently that they've held together so well in the face of so many bumps in the road. 
So uh, thanks on that. But in my previous experience with similar roles on other games, I have to say that the biggest thing that's helped me make a distinction and not let things get under my skin or maintain the professionalism necessary for this type of position is to remember that as a community rep, you're working for the good of the game and the good of the community, which is not necessarily the good of you or your direct pals or your play style. It has to be macro. It has to be more than who you are. Being a community representative isn't about us. It's not about any of the candidates or any of the CPMs. It's about the game, and it's about the player base as a whole. And keeping that perspective, I think, is vital. You kind of have to turn off that, that part of the personality and just and look at it completely. You know, this is a job that you're not being paid for, so you just need to treat it like a job and keep your, you know, your personal problems out of the workplace. And you know, I think that's, that's key. Just Because to, to, let's be honest, whenever I get a term video game drama, I facepalm. So just, you know, it's true though. I mean, it's the fact that there's drama in a video game, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I think that I'd stress to, to CPM candidates and, and current CPM is that consider it a job. Consider that this is your workplace, this is what you're doing, and you, you leave that shit at home. Yeah, it's, it is kind of interesting. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of adults that, you know, with fairly successful professional lives floating around here talking about this. And, you know, as they say on the east side, Internet spaceships, a serious business. Well, so, so is a game that's basically in beta that we're that's free to play. So it's uh, it's an it's an interesting way of looking at things. And you kind of said something that was interesting across in terms of the community perspective. Um, and I, I, you know, I have a different view of how the CPM works a little bit. One, they are value added to CCP, or at least somebody at CCP thinks they're value added. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. Um, and that's that's first. And part two ultimately is it does function more like a community organizing position, uh, at least on a personal dynamic scale. So there is professionalism, but it really just comes down to just treating people well, um, or at least, you know, kind of the old good old fashioned golden rule jazz. The, uh, the, the one thing I'd kind of, I'd kind of offer, and I've talked to a couple of you about this before in different conversations. It, it helps when the CPN is extremely good about separating who they are uh, in game versus who they are when they're a rep. Uh, some some CSM members do it well. Some CPM members have done it well, and some have not. Uh, I do think that helps in terms of communicating down to us. And then, as far as it goes on the inside, in terms of uh, the group dynamics, my suspicion is that the more transparency and openness, and, and literally just you know plain old good communication skills you have that probably makes things a lot easier on the inside of the CPM, particularly when you're dealing with a, a very pressurized environment, you know, built around NDAs, people wanting information from you and, and not for nefarious purposes, literally just because they're, they're intensely interested and passionate uh, about, you know, the game or the community, just like you guys are. And frankly, just like CCP is too, for a large degree. So just real quick, uh, we'll go around the horn. If there's anybody wants any uh, any last minute ads on uh, what we are semi affectionately referring to as the Nova issue, uh, Hans, any last thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the biggest advice that I have, I mean, it, it, in terms of my own style and, and approach to all of this it, throughout the CSM and the CPM, both like I'm a pragmatist at the end of the day, and my my behavior, my style, and in, in working both with the community and with CCP is built around what works in terms of results more than about what's satisfying or what's or what is even feels right a lot of the time, and that there's a lot of times you know at the end of the day when you want to say something, you may have every right to say it, but it's the wrong place and the wrong time to say that thing. Because 
because something's going to, you know, break down as a result of that. And so, you know, that's my biggest advice to other candidates as well is, is at the end of the day, it's, it's not about like what you think needs to be said that second. It's about what needs to be said to get to the next level of negotiation and to get to the next level of progress. And if, if you put your own personal desire to say something because you think it needs to be said above, you know, what's respectful or professional, like it's, it's going to backfire. And that's just something to be mindful. It's a skill and, and it's something to either have before you come on board or to learn really quickly once you're in the middle of it. And across yeah. any last thoughts? Mostly just to reiterate my closing comment from before, I'd like to thank CPM zero for all the work that they've put in and for the advice such as Hans just gave in the post by Genza and so forth, talking about what candidates can expect going in and just for kind of holding the game together in some ways and giving CCP a bunch of good advice, even if it wasn't always listened to. You know, that's soldiering through is not an easy thing in the face of not being heard. And I think that the whole community could really do with appreciating the work they put in. Zell, any thoughts on the uh, last thoughts on the Nova issue? It's, you know, as I said, I, I think, you know, I think they've done a great job under the stress that they've been under, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is definitely time to get uh, a new CPM in. Concur. Uh, Zion, thoughts? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to try and keep the tinfoil hat off a little bit too much, but um, it's interesting that this was a public post, uh, done in the way that it was. And I'm, I'm discussing this with a, a good friend of mine right now as well. And in the fact that it actually kind of seems like um, it was put out there as a distraction almost, that it was publicized and, and to get the players talking about something else outside of just Dust or Legion and more into the, the political realm of just the player base, almost like a uh, you know sleight of hand trick that, that just kind of happened. Um, Nova Knife, he was a cool cat. I got to meet him over at, at FanFest. We chatted for, for quite a bit. Uh, he was one of the CPM members that I interacted the most with, um, outside of Kane Sparrow himself. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad to see him gone. I mean, him and I, we, we butted heads quite a bit, but, uh, there in the end, um, we definitely pulled together and, uh, we're trying to get some things done for the community. So. You know, good luck wherever you are, Nova, and hopefully we'll chat soon. See, I actually disagree uh, with the, the concept of the trying to be distracting because, I mean, uh, just following, they, they have, uh, you know, these, these dev posts up asking for, you know, information and advice and, and the player's thoughts on things, which is the opposite of that. They're, they're trying to draw attention to Legion and get player feedback, you know. I think that to say that they're trying to distract from that is, is kind of contradictory since they're clearly trying to gather information. Uh, and I, you know, I, that's for the best. So I, I think the, the the whole Nova Knife thing was just tensions running extremely high in a tense situation over a very long period of time. And, you know, everyone snapped at some point. And I think he felt it needed to be said. You know, I spoke to him a little bit about it. And, you know, he, he seems like he's okay with the way it went down. And I think in a way he's probably a little relieved that it's it's over now and he can kind of take a break from it. But I, I don't think in any any way it was <laughs> to be some conspiracy theory to draw attention away from Legion since the development team's uh, actions speak otherwise. Well, that's, that's fair. Um, but one of the things I, I will point out is, was a, a public post of this really necessary? Couldn't he have been removed and us really never known. I mean, he's under NDA, 
it's not like he's going to come out and say they kicked me out and and removed me. Well, it's not fair to ask someone to to sit there and do the work of a CPM when you've actually removed them for the work of CPM. That's the thing at the end of the day that that this is why we get frustrated when when CCP doesn't use us effectively because our work doesn't end just because CCP doesn't give us homework to do. Like our people, like our job every day is to be there in the trenches, talking with the players, absorbing information, whether it's on Skype or in game or in squad or on IRC or on the forums. Like that's our job is to be knee deep soaking up uh, feedback like a sponge and that that part of the job never ever ends regardless of what else is going on and so if if ccp has made a decision to remove someone it's completely unfair to ask them to sit there and continue to to do that role and and if they if the person just refuses to participate then they just look like they're failing at their job and it sets a bad example for future cpms so this this stuff has to be done openly and transparently whether it's painful or not well, I'm glad, Hans, because you've been on the show with us over on Podside, and we've we've chatted about this with the CSM and members of the CSM who just were not doing their job at all. But we never did see any public removal of, of some of those members, even though a lot of us wanted it to happen. And it's interesting to see it over here on the dust side of things and, and not over there on the, on the CSM side of it. I think you're talking about two different situations, though. Um, you know, there's a distinct difference between somebody who's you know, gotten elected or gotten selected, and they're simply not uh, participating enough or in an open enough manner. Uh, you know, it's sort of like we don't. You know, a lot of corps don't kick people for inactivity. You know what I mean? It's that's that's one thing, but it's an entirely that's it's an entirely different thing when you have a personal dynamic that is creating friction in the group. Um, I think that's I think you know I would actually rather have somebody who's not there or who's who has limited uh, limited value but they're not actively creating friction, you know, sometimes even with the best of intention, by the way, but they can actively create friction. And, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of like the D- how DNS black works. He creates friction. Sometimes it works great because somebody drops some oil on that shit and they smooth it out. Sometimes it destroys the machine. Um, so I think your point's valid, Chad, just in terms of from a player perspective, but, but I, I do think it is two slightly different, you know, slightly different, uh, you know, situations that we're kind of talking about. And, and one thing, and Pokey kind of touched on it briefly, uh, anybody that has seen Nova Knife's post or talked to him either in whatever it means in game or on chat or whatever, you'll notice that he he is being very mature about this going forward and, and, and handling it very straightforward. And, and I actually commend him on the fact where if he got, if he, if he was involved in a situation or a series of situations that led to this, he, he has owned up to it and has fully, expressed that he's you know he's okay with it uh to to a large degree or at least that's what he's publicly saying and you know kudos to him for for kind of handling it in a very mature way you know even if whatever the situation was may not have you know either been mature or just been uh very very fractious so just a thought on that one from a player's perspective if i may real quick jay um it's a very good thing to see ccp actually being transparent about this sort of thing in light of all the turmoil and the blowback from FanFest and just the instability at present, that they're willing to sort of man up and start taking the steps to say, all right, yes, we're changing the CSM. We're doing this. It may not be popular. It may expose drama. But we're being clear with the players about the steps we're taking. And really, more of that is what we need to see. So I'm glad they're showing a willingness to do that, even if it might not be popular or the best PR move, per se, at a given moment. 
Yeah, I was actually really happy that I just saw today uh, Logi Bros posts about the you know the summit after FanFest, and I was actually quite impressed by the maturity of saying, well, because of various issues, you know, we didn't really get to talk much. I mean, what we did, well, the time we did spend together was was productive, but the fact that they were willing to man up and flat out say in an official post that you know we we kind of goofed on that one, I, I think that says quite a bit for the the new mindset of the development team. So I'm I'm really happy to see that. Well, thanks for answering that, guys. Uh, the tinfoil hat is off, and uh, forgive me, I like to play devil's advocate. Oh, crit- criticism is good. It's, it's. I mean, I like people being vigilant about this sort of thing. Like, people should be on the watch at all times for shenanigans. It's, it's certainly not the first time that we've seen. I mean, not that this is, but we've seen shenanigans before, and it's just something to, to watch out for. So, no, tr- trust me, Zion. Like, your tinfoil hat is, is very welcome. Uh, if for no other reason. You, you present an alternative way of looking at something. Um, and and let's not forget, like, all of us ultimately come from gaming communities, either through EVE or here, or, like, social gaming aspects where, like, distrust and, like, nefarious attitudes are, are rewarded. So so there's probably a little bit of acculturation that we have going on in that group, too. <laughs> true that, man, true that. But, hey, let's all get along and move forward, eh? It, it also encourages me that, Going forward, I'm running for CPM myself, as well as a few others here in the chat channel, knowing that if if we can't get along, then we're going to get the boot. So it's all more incentive that we all become friends. Yeah, well, I mean, so. I hope I hope I hope people take notes and learn and watch and learn. I mean, we're we're not perfect, but this, if you look at the CSM, the CSM has spent many many iterations now learning from the the mistakes of the the group. You know, before them, and and every group has done better than the last. So I certainly hope that the the legacy continues on our end, and and I I absolutely wish CPM won the best, and they they should learn from our mistakes and and do a better job. So keep things marching forward. Absolutely, and uh, with that, we'll we'll kind of now that we've kind of got through the hard news, uh, the hard news jazz for uh, for the week. Uh, which, by the way, was kind of interesting because you had a lot of a lot of key things to talk about here. Just as a quick recap. The, the district shuffle has gone on, which I think most of us tend to agree that it's it right now, at least in the short term, it seems like it's pretty good for uh, for the game is, is creating some interest. And I think it's sustaining a window of time that CCP can can sort of strike and, and maybe put some incremental changes into dust and some of the PC mechanics and really uh, turn what, what could be a fleeting opportunity into a, a sustainable picture for the game. Uh, and we talked a little bit about uh, the CCP uh, Rotati post or elevation transcendence, whatever you want to call it, you know, demotion, if you will, to being that had the uh, the lead lead sled dog for Dust, which again, all of us are pretty much in lockstep that that is a really really good move by CCP Rouge and a great example of, of trying to build a team and establish some transparent communication. Uh, just a lot of great positive comments coming back and forth between Rotati and the community. And I think it's it's a good sign for Dust right now. Again, going back to we've got this window of time coming out of FanFest when we've gone through this turbulent people period, and I think people are starting to see the potential for Dust and for Legion and and for the entire New Eden IP, uh, you know, down the road. And then lastly, you know, we, we did have a, a discussion a little bit about uh, Nova Knife and the situation that led to his removal. Uh, it's pretty interesting hearing from Hans, who's has, has CC, CSM and CPM experience. And we've got a lot, of, a lot of very qualified guys in the show right now that are all interested in picking up, picking up the uh, the torch from Hans at some point in the next, uh, m- you know, hopefully month or two, 
So this is a this is a pretty interesting time to be looking at things just from a player perspective. And now, so we get into the kind of the fun part of the show, which tends to to go long, and you get a lot of people talking over each other. But it's always the it literally is the part that that we tend to do on the forums and we do in real life. It's a little bit. It's just talking about. So what do we want to do? So I'll I'll hand you another box of tinfoil, Zion, just so you have it ready. But yay. Uh, what I'd like to do is kind of transition to like, what are the changes that you guys want to see in the near term to dust specifically? What, what do we want to do or what would you be advocating for as CPM members or really just plain old regular players? Like, what are the things you guys want? Uh, and, and remember, please listen, you know, I'll try to take a page from CCP Rattati's book. What what's in the realm of the possible? You know, what are the server side updates that we can do? Not the the full build patches that we're that we're probably used to or that we would have preferred in uh, previous iterations but what are some of the things that you think we can really get to and that yeah and where would you rank them in priority well i'll just kind of open the floor broadly to everybody and let you have at it for a little bit i want the ability to liquidate some of my assets i've got just shit coming out of my ears and uh I want some ISK for it, to be honest. If I can't sell it to other players, I want to be able to sell it to the NPC market. Kane Sparrow brought this up during FanFest, and I've adopted it, and I, I believe it to be genius, to be honest, because there's just gear I will never use or ever spec into, to be honest, or have no interest in. And uh, I would much rather have ISK to fund whatever other projects I, I might want to get my hands on. Um, for me, that's that's a pretty big priority as a player. Um, it can help out a lot of situations, especially with all these smaller corps going into PC. Uh, if their members start selling off or liquidating some of their assets for ISK, they can help then invest into their own corporations and be able to hold districts a lot longer than they normally would have because of capital reasons. I think my three would be continued balance polish, you know, a la the little things thread that is obviously affecting any player every day. Revisions to PC, it's huge. It's a content-creating device, and if we can have the kind of bottom-up effect that Hans was talking about, that would be ideal. It should be engaging, not passive. And something that the player base has been crying for for a long time, and I don't think requires any UI or client-side updates, is just turn corp battles back on. Give players more tools to create their own content and interact directly. It's on a lot of wish lists. I don't think it takes that much technically, and it seems strange that it hasn't been done yet. I don't know. It always seemed like that was pretty technical. Isn't that right, Hans? Because I believe that's been brought up several times. It's always something that we wanted was that contract system back. Well, the problem was it was kind of a mess before. It was tied to faction warfare. It was highly exploitable. Um, and I don't know how easy it is to untangle either end of those. The exploitable end of things doesn't really matter as much if, if it has no consequence. But again, I don't know how embedded that code was to the faction warfare system or if that's something that's very easy to slice apart and rebuild disconnected from that or if it's something that's too entangled uh, to the point where it's there's they would have to essentially rebuild it to separate it from the form that it used to have. So that's something we could certainly look into. It's a very, very popular request, and I'd love to see some form of that while we wait some uh, higher, more evolved form of that in Legion. Um, but I, I don't know off the top of my head, what, again, what the technical side of that is. I recall getting. Um, I recall hearing from uh, straight from a dev that it probably would n would not um, come to dust. Period. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm I not very Lo- optimistic about it. Yeah, I know Logibro can create matches on request, and it would be really nice if they could figure out a way to expose that feature um, in some way to players, even if it gives no stats, no no uh, rewards, no skill points, and it's just straight biomass of the people who go in it. That would be more than enough. Yeah, totally agree, Sora. Because yeah, then you open up, you know, a, a better avenue for for player created content for those who, you know, want to have a, a grudge match but not have to deal with the the PC mechanics to do it. And I think that would go a long way in giving people, you know, even if it's just a, a testing ground to go in there and test out dropships and, and whatnot with a, a dummy corp. I mean, if it has no persistence, uh, that that would be great. You know, I think it would fulfill a lot of desires people have. Now, if it's a technical issue, then that you know, that sucks. But if it's if it's even a remote possibility, I think they should really take a serious look at it. Now, this would be something, though, that we could push. Uh, forgive me, I'm going to mess this up. Rat- Ratiti? Ratiti? I, I, I can never <laughs> pronounce this damn name. Somebody say it Ratati? for me. Ratati. There we go. This is something that we could push CCP this, this Ratati for. horribly wrong. <laughs> see, this would be a great test, though, to see if, if he's more of somebody that's here to help provide more content to Dust514 or if he's just a caretaker. And uh, I, I would really like to see this. If this is something that's been requested, something that we still want, then it it should be on the floor of something that should be done for Dust Five One Four. Or am I am I wrong in that? Well, I, I, it's I, a balancing. It's a balancing act because again, there's one studio working on two projects, and what that what that. You know, I mean, players yeah. players should speak up and, and be honest about what kind of balance they want to see there, knowing that the more investment that goes into Dust probably means the less invest- investment that goes into Le- Legion and vice versa. And so what that finding what that balance is is really important here. But it's 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 going to be challenging and, and not everybody is going to be satisfied with that balance at the end of the day. Like everyone's going to have a different opinion about where that balance should be exactly. But that's the reality of the situation. I think you're also making an assumption about how much power he actually has. Um, I mean, I obviously don't personally know, but... Well, he doesn't. But, I mean, in general, people are always going to have an opinion about where that balance should be. Well, right, but I'm saying that just just because he can't push a feature through for Dust doesn't necessarily mean that he's not trying to or he's betrayed the community in doing so. He just may be out of his control. It's very true, yeah. Yeah, I, I, what I'm encouraged by, though, is that the, the, the forum post that I mentioned before, where they're asking about feedback for specifically balancing issues on suits and weapons and whatnot. I think that's a long time issue for people, and it's it, it kind of gets tied in with a lot of the little things that we were talking about before. I mean, <laughs> we always joke with the plasma cannon. It's like, okay, guys, you know, now's the time you could probably actually, you know, try some things out with this and spend some time on it. And that's all server side. So, I mean, playing around with that, the combat rifle, there's, there's obviously a lot of issues people bring up with various weapons and suits. And I'm encouraged that they're, they're taking feedback for that because I think it shows that they're going to be pushing for that in the near future. And I think it's going to do wonders for improving the, the enjoyment of the game. And, you know, I think that's that's really key right now. I'm pretty comfortable well, at this point saying that balance is one of the priorities here that we're looking at internally. Well, balance is, is an easy one. When they talked about current game mechanics, when we were at FanFest, they, they talked about uh, things that they could do with Dust would have to be within the means of the current game mechanics. Um, I'm just trying to find a way to kind of push that. You know what I mean? To kind of break out of that that mindset of, of just current game mechanics and, and maybe find something new or maybe something that we've had in the past that, that could be brought back that would just be a little bit more effort outside of current game mechanics but not be 
something that has to take a lot of uh, hands away from the development of, of either Legion or, or the continuation of Dust 514. Well, one thing, one thing to the credit of Rouge and uh, Rattati is that they, uh, they took some time in that initial post to describe what, what were the parameters, if you will, of what they were willing to, to put into the game. Which, by the way, I thought was genius. That, I mean, that's that was the part that I thought would have literally assuaged a lot of fears. So the, he kind of divided it between server-side updates and and sort of more. I guess what I'm probably incorrectly referring to is like full builds. Um, and he listed the type of things you could do in the server-side, which really comes down to tweaking the numbers in the spreadsheets, in terms, you know, the balancing passes and things like that. So you know, kind of the CCP Fozzie work, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but he, he did say, it was, which I thought was kind of interesting, was things like uh, rounding out the heavy weapons or, you know, things like that, like new weapons and a couple other new items like that were clearly what he considered in the server side update category, uh, which which I thought was very interesting because usually that, that would be something you're building up from scratch. It tells me they probably already have it, have some, some items in the pipeline at some point where they're okay with fin- finishing up working on them. Uh, but at least he was very clear about that. I mean, it sounds like it's things to do with balancing in terms of what you can change uh, on a spreadsheet. Things that either they already have in the pipeline or, you know, they sometimes somehow reaches a very low threshold of pain in, in terms of creating. Um, he also, the one, interestingly the one... enough, mentioned events, which I thought was the one thing CCP could do is put on actual events or things inside the game. Uh, he did very specifically say, like, no maps, no, you know, no UI changes. Those were biggies, but that might be something to look at too. I'm sorry, Hans, I didn't mean to cut you off by that. Oh no, that's fine. I was going to say the one, the one thing of all the things when we talk about, if you have to actually sit down and put some programming time on solving a really like challenging or tricky problem, I think the one thing that I would really, really like them to look into that I'll be, I'll be really talking a lot with Rattati about is that uh, ability to resell items back that, that Shad mentioned earlier. I, to me, that's, that would be transformative in terms of um, giving people a way to have fun with the items that they have or, or to, uh, you know, get rid of stuff that's just clogging up space and let their, let their, at least feel some semblance of what an economy looks like. I mean, it, 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 it'll all still be artificial, of course, but I think if there's one thing that's worth actually putting some noses to the grindstone about, that would be it because it would just give people, uh, so much more ability to go out and, um, you know, and just keep playing and keep playing and keep testing things and keep participating and without having to uh, worry about the financial end near as much as they are right now. So Hans, um, the uh, the question I have is is do you think that that could possibly get as far as allowing a player to give another player an item? Because I uh, you know maybe the the two way trading confirmation dialogue may be quite you know a bit too extensive, but really just something like give item equivalent to like the give it now. I highly doubt it, and here's why. At the end of the day, all of our characters are, are very functionally similar to Eve characters and that we are all station-bound. And right now, this has always been the tricky thing about player market versus player trading. Um, player market, the issue was always what kind of expensive, crazy, like, it's it's challenging to do a really good player market. You'd have to build a lot of custom UI to get that to work on the current PlayStation, and that's 
like not very efficient at all. Um, the problem with player trading is that it would basically require sort of rebuilding how items and uh, and characters work in the Eve universe on Tranquility in general, and that's a very very high level thing. Like we saw some some hints of some very high level changes to that mentioned at FanFest, but that's a significant amount of work, and so. Um, there's like there's no way to sort of inst- instantaneously transport items within the U- Eve universe because the whole premise of Eve is that items need to be put in a ship and moved someplace. So it, it's a very very difficult thing to magic wand, and I I doubt we will see a straight item to item player trade in Dust on the PS3. Um, however, I think a, a simple like liquidation feature where you basically reverse a market transaction that. I mean, I, I don't know that again the programming feasibility, but I think it would absolutely be worthwhile, um, and that sounds far more achievable than something like player trading. Unfortunately, we just need to, you know, have a CCP port all the characters to the same station. <laughs> oh, I think God. I think if it could, I think if they could do that, they probably would have a long time ago because that would solve that problem actually, and they probably could do player trading under that. Under that sort of circumstances, let's just but, put Jitta in permanent tie dye and just stick us yeah, all in I'm, there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some reason why they can't do that. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did that already. Now, if I had my choice, we'd all be stuck in Old Man Star. <laughs> oh goodness! So, yeah, actually, just a quick thing. I, I was doing some digging while you guys were talking, and it looks like CCP Ritati confirmed fairly directly that there would not be player trading. Now, he did not discount uh asset liquidation which is i think what what you brought up zion in terms of like hey can i just like essentially sell my shit to an npc corp which by the way i'm i'm a huge fan of too that like I've, I've got welcome a, brother a ridiculous amount of assets that i will never be able to use um and, and frankly probably a lot of a lot of players even like 10 million scope point players probably have a whole lot less or they have a whole lot more things in their asset inventory than they even really knew about. So it's it'd probably a good way to, to drop some his confusions. And and one thing that I would just kind of throw out to the group is I, broadly what I would like to, to see them do is figure out a way to generate more ISK in the hands of players um, and keep the market prices relatively the same. So what that starts to do over time is the the old saw of the guy with $100 billion in his bankroll can just afford to run proto continually, which slams the newer guys. Uh, while that's still going to be a problem, over time that'll start to even out when you can afford to run better stuff yourself. Or at least I think psychologically it helps out a little bit. So that would probably be my one add is you know either increase ISK amounts or maybe start adding ISK for faction warfare matches. That would be kind of legit, even a little bit of ISK. Uh, so just a thought on that one for me. Yeah, ISK for Facor would be really nice. And I, I do think that the ISK for pubs could be brought up a little bit more than where it is now. If we had the uh, liquidation feature, that would basically be ISK for fact war with the current salvage tables, how much you're getting from other players. I, th- I think what needs to be removed is the ISK sync from Faction Warfare. That's step one, is Legit. get the sync out of there. And then I think step two is they absolutely need to go in and, and there's a, a, some holes that need to be filled in each of the player, uh, each of the factional markets with, with some staples, essentially, that need to uh, enable people to make complete fits from each of the, uh, the faction stores. And once that's possible, uh, you know, you're right. At that point, if, you, if there was a sellback then that would essentially take care of uh, liquidation. I don't. I don't know that you need to necessarily add. I'm fine with there being an LP 
um, payout and for that being kind of the appeal is to get these items. But if it's not sustainable and it's not profitable, then um, there's no point in participating. And that's like it's a huge dampener and on getting interest in that again. And that that would this is another huge area for unlocking a lot of life out of out of dust because there's already a surge of interest on the Eve side in in faction warfare. There are far more pilots cruising around wanting dust battles to yep, to participate absolutely. in than there are dust uh, battles spinning up to to meet that demand. And that's something that, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll work with Rattati here on uh, hitting all the low-hanging fruit in terms of unlocking that. Because I don't think we're that much labor away. The item, adding the items to the market is probably the most labor-intensive component of that. Removing the ISK sink, um, you know, shouldn't be that difficult. So, and that, that's certainly a place to start. So I'll just throw one more out there. You said something I thought was pretty interesting, Hans. The, uh, and, and I kind of get the same impression from some of these side friends as well as, for whatever reason, and, and honestly, I don't actually think it was directly related to anything at FanFest because I started seeing it before FanFest. There was, you know, one of these kind of periodic but a definite sort of uptick in interest on the EU side in, in the low-sec community, uh, like the fact war community specifically. And what if I were going to ask for anything other than ISK and you know, liquidating assets and all this other jazz, if in faction warfare you could start a squad with 16 people in it, you, you would see – a lot of people in faction were fair, like every day. Uh, and I think that'd be a pretty interesting, interesting mechanic if they could do that. Uh, I, I, I suspect they can, but I think that alone would be a really interesting way to generate a lot of, uh, a lot of content for players. See now that you now that you say that now I have to uh, now I have to be the devil's advocate here, and I have to I have to advise the counter argument to, to I was going to do it if issue you didn't. Of, okay, Welcome so my here's, brother. Here, here's the issue with the play. Faction Warfare, as it is right now, is already borderline completely lopsided in terms of how the matchmaking works. All it takes is, a, a, you know, a situation, and this is very common, until they go in and actually overhaul the matchmaking algorithm. And I don't know exactly yet whether the matchmaking... I know they're going to do a lot of look into that, and I know Rouge has got a pretty good handle on the the state of disrepair of, of matchmaking and Dustin. But that aside, like, the reality is that it's it's bad enough that all it takes is getting two squads on one side and one squad on the other side for a, for a complete steamroll to occur. And it's not fun. And, and the problem with Faction Warfare is that um, you get a lot of people that just bail, essentially. If you can't win, you don't get the points. And so if, if you start to sense a steamroll, the, the losing side just starts bailing right away. And the, the problem is, is that this imbalance in the gameplay is already creating some very, very unfun matchups. And the problem is with team deploy is it, it drastically exacerbates this problem. It, unless the matchmaking system is absolutely perfect and only 16-man teams face other 16-man teams and under no circumstances is there a deviation from that, um, and, and that even that uh, a matchmaking that that set that up. Who knows how long those sixteen man teams are going to wait? I you know it's that may be an issue as well. There may be more sixteen. I, I don't know, but there, that's something that unless they absolutely nail it in the matchmaking system, it could literally destroy the fun in faction warfare. Like it's that it's that drastic in that it's so powerful that it has to be flawless for it to work. And if it's not flawless, then it's better for them to just stick to what they have now with, with Q-syncing. Um, I mean, Q-syncing is relatively straightforward. I've done a whole lot of it. I know a lot of other people have done it before. And it's it's 
fairly reliable enough that you can get almost to a 60 man team. And guess what? You steamroll the other side and then they all bail and start, all the good people start bailing and going to another game anyways. So I, I, I'm not completely convinced yet that just jumping to 16 man teams is going to fix anything. I, I fear that it could cause more problems than um, it'll bring us benefit. That's exactly I would agree what with I've you. been saying. Only, only if they do something about PC, because let's be real, this is a social game. I would really like to play with more of my friends than five. Uh, oh, particularly absolutely. if I got thirty online, and that's and that's really where uh, where I'm kind of coming down on this. Is that I think I think from a, a an interest an interest piece, you generate interest because you can get more of you online and more of you playing. Now, perhaps a sixteen man squad isn't the way to go, or at least hey, can I can you fill squads and then chain them together? Which frankly is probably harder to do than just making a sixteen man squad. Or under the special contracts piece, you can sign up to do that. Like literally, you get in a queue, like kind of like it used to be for the old fact war battles. You get in a queue for a battle with your 16-man team, and you wait till there's another 16-man team to pile in. I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but it's it's. And Cross actually said it correctly. If you brought back court battles, all of this PC fact war, all this kind of jazz is somewhat irrelevant. Really, well, and and likewise, if you if you fix, they just want team play. Yeah, I mean, likewise, if you fix Planetary Conquest and you got that really well-oiled and, and running again on a consistent basis and maybe then even expanded the, the planetary or, you know amount of space because things were going so well, that could also fulfill that itch of people needing more team play that, that keeps us or frees us from having to force that into Faction Warfare where it may break it. And that's what I'm very keen on, is making sure that we provide the right experience in the right context and not try to shoehorn one type of play into another system and, and, and breaking it in the process. I think it's it's something that needs to be unpacked very carefully. I mean, yeah, one, yeah, don't, don't agree. I mean one of the issues that I've, I've pointed out is in terms of the matchmaking for even just pubs is the tendency that matchmaking would and i think it's a little better now but there there's always a great tendency to get two full six-man teams on one side and completely blueberries on the other and i i think that in every squad the more squads you have the worse of a time matchmaking has at it and you know, as as horrible as it is, it is to say in some in some notions, I wonder how much better the game would be right now if we had stuck with four man squads. But you know, it, it just it, there's ups and downs. There's sides that would make the the longer term players happy. There are sides that would make the newer players happy. I'd rather just see fat matchmaking fixed. I mean, that's really the root problem here is they need to go into that code and well, completely like rebuild it and put something in that actually works. That's that should it? be priority one. Isn't it based off of the players' win loss ratio and not really nope. off of tiers or SP? No, no, they're they, like they actually the way they do it in the pub matches actually does work relatively well. I think it's we're, what we're seeing is the effect of player counts. So the way it was explained to me, uh, I had, had a discussion very, very briefly with the dev, and I started checking up on his post. But long story short, they look for full squads. So more full squads, they get queued in first. And then partial, like anybody in a squad, like a, somebody that's got a squad leader tag, regardless of how many people you got in under you, they fill second. And then the third are un, basically unaffiliated. So what you're seeing is blueberries on the other side might very well actually be squads. They're just like pickup squads from the squad finder, though. Or they're a squad with like two people. You might have like eight two-man squads or something like that in there. But there's, there's no easy way to do it, And to be honest with you. And I think it's 
I mean, there's always going to be pub stomps. I, mean, I don't care how you do it. There's always going to be pub stomps. Uh, but it, it's not it's not horribly broken either. I mean, the, the, re- the reality is it's 16 on 16. So one player can make a difference. Like six is huge, but one one player literally can make a difference in a match just based on how it is. And I'm not saying that's that makes it all better now. I'm just giving a, a you know, just sort of a, an expansion of the discussion that based on the, the player counts that we deal with in terms of the pool and the the 16 and 16 mechanic, the couple with roughly how their matchmaking works now, I, you know, I'm, I'm really not sure that they could really dive into tearing apart matchmaking. I think that falls dangerously close to what they, they don't want to get into with dust, you know, at least on a large scale. Well, they've got pretty ambitious plans for what they want to do with, with Legion 2 in terms of uh, really building that into it from the beginning and looking at, you know, overall gear meta scores and, and a, a re-tagging essentially how the game evaluates a, a player's strength and, and makes those decisions. And that's something that they at least are showing a lot of forethought about, you know, in terms of how they build that system. Yeah, I think a lot of the frustration, at least from, from my personal perspective, is that there doesn't feel to be a game mode that kind of bridges the gap between a pub match and PC, where you can kind of have that, that ultra-competitive play without necessarily the game mechanics of PC to deal with. And I'm not sure if Faction Warfare is the place for that, but it would be nice to be able to have a place where you can go feel, you know, a very competitive team against a competitive team, and you know have a good fight like that without necessarily dealing with clones and, and districts and whatnot and so it, it may be out of reach now for considering the the pipeline for dust but i, I think that's that's a really key development point that players are going to want to have is that middle ground that we currently don't have and that that's where i think a lot of the, the frustration and the desire to have a team deploy comes from is they want to be able to fight you know as a big group without being in pc no, I think that's I think that's spot on. Really, what you're looking at is just that. How do you ease up the mechanics to make it easier to play with your friends? So, on, on that note, just a real quick one before we kind of close out the show. Have you guys been following the uh, CCPZ's progression thread? Absolutely. Yep, yep. It's interesting stuff. What? Just broadly, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on maybe not the the technic the technicalities in the thread, which could be a show on its own, but. Um, sort of the tone of discussion going on in there, because it, it strikes me very eerily like some of the things we saw uh, a few months ago where a large chunk of the player base is saying, we would like X, and then you hear the sort of the lead dev in the in the thread saying, I acknowledge that you want X, but you don't understand you're going to like Y better. And <laughs> it, it's... Haven't we been hearing this for two years, though? We, we tell them that we want X, but they tell us that, oh, no, you'll like Y better. You will. And wow, <laughs> here we are now. Yep. Yeah, I think I think the for, from my perspective, what, what I would go with is that they're pushing to simplify the system to make it easier for new players. And I'm all for making it easier for new players. However, I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel to pull that off. I think you need to be able to show the skill system, the progression system in a way that makes sense to somebody who knows nothing about the game and doesn't understand EVE mechanics and dust mechanics or legion mechanics. So someone can walk in and have a good idea of what's going on without extensive research and, and learning, but you can still do that without necessarily dumbing this, the entire system down. I think it's more in how it's presented and less in how it's actually designed. So I think that their thoughts are in the right place, but they need to be very careful to not betray the new Eden experience 
for for everybody while still making it accessible to new players and i i hope that the player base can kind of hammer that in and, and hopefully cpm can hammer that in that you don't need to necessarily make it stupid to make it simple for new people uh, and, and still have that that complexity and the depth that the veterans want and, and enjoy one of the things that um i brought up during one of the round tables with uh ccpz was i i asked if uh there was going to be like skill cue syncing a way to map out your skill points so you could set up what skills your your sp would just apply to automatically without you having to go through a map because of the sole fact that it would help out new players. Um, uh, Danny Fleetfoot, who was there, uh, I pointed out because him doing Dust University, this would be a huge tool because he sits with players all the time and tell them, hey, skill into this, this, and this. But then those players, they tend to forget what, what he said and they go off course very easily. With the, the Q-Sync, it would help them because then they could just map it out while they're being coached along. And then it, it's kind of a set and forget. Um, he said that this was something that, that would be in Legion or it is something that he is working on. And I haven't got to see too, too much about that within the forums, but I thought no matter which way he goes, if, if this thing's implemented, it would help out greatly. I think one thing from that thread that really needs to be mentioned as a caution is the sort of band-aid of respec because that was thrown out early on in answers, which essentially, well, there will be respects, so it won't matter. And to me, that's a sign of an unfortunate and rather loose design methodology mm-hmm. happening. The progression system's great, you know, as far as the conceptual element top down, some specifics need to be worked on. But the idea that you need to be able to refund all your points and rebuild essentially at will an unlimited number of times is a sign that the system isn't properly implemented as far as I'm concerned, and it's a real deviation from anything New Eden. Yeah, I think well, it also doesn't about... cover the fact that new players won't have anything to respect. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a very good point, Zion, is that more, the more you get into the game, the more SP you have, the more respect can be leveraged for maximum effect and for flavor of the month. So a respect system actually favors vets over new players and is pretty damaging to the new player experience in that sense. Well, I think it's really important here to, to uh, not to oversimplify a respec into something that can be done unlimited number of times and to your entire set of skill points and with absolutely no restrictions that absolutely benefits vets. I mean, I think that is an, like an extreme worst case scenario that I've never, ever once heard CCP discuss drifting towards in any way, shape or form. Like the, the any time we've ever discussed respecs internally, uh, and, and, and to be fair, most of the time the CPM has discussed respecs with CCP, it's always been under the the context of on dust and and how to get more interest and more enthusiasm for people participating in dust currently uh especially when there's big changes that come out um but i've never heard any interest to to give players essentially a powerful unlimited uh game breaking level of respect and and i i don't imagine that we'll see that in legion i think i think uh what it'll boil down to is how to implement uh those sort of things um and I guess the one thing I'd like to add as far as CCPZ, my experience has been a little bit different than most. When when he first came to the company and he first pitched his ideas to the CPM, they were even quite a bit different than what we see today. And a lot of the transformation between what he originally proposed and what he's shown at FanFest and and uh, discussed with the community since, it was, is, you know constitutes a pretty sharp evolution from his original ideas. And so my experience working with CCPZ is is one of extreme flexibility. 
And that's that's obviously in contrast to what players are seeing during these very, very initial first conversations. And so I think what we're seeing here is a learning curve. I think we're very early in the process. And I think ultimately uh, the community's perspective of Zed is going to change as time progresses and as people see um, that he's not like this completely unreasonable person that just like is going to put his foot in the ground and do whatever the heck he wants, regardless of... Uh, of disagreement like that's that's never been my experience with him at all um and the, and yet the other thing to remember is that he's like came to this company to specifically to have this kind of a working relationship with the community that's something that he didn't have at, at ea and that he's been quite outspoken about and so i think the idea that he's already forgotten that uh on his very first project in the door is is kind of silly i think we all owe him more of a chance than that uh, i won't necessarily speak for the others but i don't think that that's actually what I was saying at all as far as his accessibility or willingness to interact. Just simply with the statements made in that particular thread so far, there hasn't been any further discussion or response to the concept of respects being unlimited, which was a specific question that was asked and just sort of glossed over at that point. So it was more the specific point that was a concern, not his attitude in general or the overall perception of his community interaction. Uh, and that's fair. I know. I'm just I'm addressing some other criticisms that I've also heard of of CCBZ in general. Understood. Yeah, and, and just and let me let me be clear. Like when I kind of teed that up, it, it might have been a tad unfair to him. I mean, it, it was. I think it was one of those where, uh, in all in all fairness, the, the tone of the thread generally, to a degree, sounded a lot like some of some of the previous uh, community interactions we have would have had supplying feedback that was directly asked for from devs at least in the past um, now that being said i will give him absolute 100 percent credit for coming at the game from an entirely different angle and knowing that he's got an a divergent um concept which frankly may turn out to be quite sharp um in a good way and he's he knows that he's coming from a divergent sort of thought process and he's engaging the community on it directly and I, I give him 100% credit for that because he knows that he's coming at it uh, from a from a different angle and he's approaching it in a different mechanic in a different way. So to, to that end, I, I give him 100% credit for that. Uh, like, don't don't get me wrong on that. I think it's just one of those where um, we kind of discuss that window of time that CCP can really build on what's going on right now and establish a much more positive and free flowing communicative relationship within the player base and themselves. So that's where I was kind of at on that. Now, since we're in the interest of time, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of tee up a little bit for Cross and for Zion, since they're the, uh, since I think effectively today, both of them have uh, officially put the word out that they're going to be uh, running for CPM1. Uh, I think we've kind of known both of them were looking at it pretty strongly for a while now. Um, so what I'd like to do is tee it up for Zion first. <laughs> and, uh, and just kind of give us your, your basic platform and what you, you know, why people should take a look at you as a candidate and then we'll kind of do the same for cross. My, my situation was actually kind of unique. I, before FanFest, I really wasn't even thinking about it because I thought for sure if I was going to make a post, it would just be trolled and shit all over. Um, oh, that, oh, that's coming. Just give it a minute. <laughs> give it time, right? And uh, it wasn't until a, a few individuals actually approached me and, and, convinced me otherwise to, to go ahead and go through with it. And I thank those individuals um, and everything. If if I'm elected, one thing that you can expect me to do is do my best to get stuff done. And I'm looking at the CPM1 as a as a team faction. One, one of the questions that, that was 
asked by uh, uh, Jason was, was by the end of my term, uh, how would I want the community to foresee me as a member of the CPM? And the way that I answered that was, I would hope that they wouldn't single me out as a member, but that they would address us all as a team and that, that they would judge us there as. So if they talked about the CPM one, they would talk about us as a whole instead of just picking out one one individual and saying that person did this, that person did that. Um, but I would like it that if I'm part of this team, that the team itself would, would see me as the big brother figure, the one that would have everybody's back, uh, that would be there for their corner and, and agree with them fullheartedly. I mean, if they start getting beat up in forums, I'd like to be there to help defend them. If, if they're trying to get a point across the CCP that I agree with, I'd be right there to help push it along or encourage it or, or, you know, give it that extra oomph that it just might need to, to get it through somebody's thick skull. And, um, as, as a person who really loves the community of Dust514, I want to be able to be in the community a lot more than I am now. Um, in that, I do a lot of the media stuff. I've done the, the Corp tours. Uh, I've, I've held like the Dust514 Wall of Fame um, with help of uh, former CCP uh, Commander Wang. And uh, I'd like to revive all that and, and expand on a lot of that. In fact, if elected, um, I will be going corp by corp and doing my tour again. That way I can get the feedback and everything outside of my own alliance, outside of my own corporation. Go to your guys' turf and be that voice for you guys to get get what you want out of Dust514 and Legion. I want to be able to help the CPM push boundaries in that. So... If you guys are really considering somebody and you, and you can't really quite put a finger on one individual, um, I would hope that my name is brought up in there somewhere on your voting ballot that you would think, okay, well, at least this guy has our intentions in mind and might be able to get something done. All right. Matt, I really appreciate you uh, uh, kind of hopping on the channel with this tonight and sort of laying that out. Like I said, uh, probably heard two or three times you had considered the, uh, the run for CPM at one point or another. And, uh, it was kind of interesting hearing you come back from fan fest where you, uh, I think energized is not, not the word I would describe, but you were, I think you phrased it as you paid $1,500 for a CPM experience. Not a, not a experience. <laughs> so, That's exactly what I got to. That's what we all felt like. Aon Amati, uh, Ruck Doc, Regnum, who was there, all of us, we went there as fans of Dust514, and what we felt like we paid for was to be a temporary CPM member. And all those guys, I mean, they stepped up for the community at that given time because the community asked for it. And each one of those players, man, uh, I mean, my hat off to each and every one of them. And if you go to my forum post, even Regnum said a little, little something in there about me for my CPM run. And to be honest, I... I, I couldn't have done anything without any of those individuals that were there. Well, yeah, that's a good deal. So uh, I'll, I'll move from the, the would-be big brother of CPM1 to the older brother, Cross A2, which I think other than me is probably the oldest dude in the room right now. So, <laughs> I don't know. I might have a year or two on you, Jay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we're, we've got the same number of gray hairs, I think. I'm sure that's true. Well, I guess my tipping point as far as finally actually deciding to run for CPM1 would have to be about 45 minutes into the quote-unquote dust keynote, the Legion announcement, and just 
at that point kind of it was over by then yeah well the the sense of all of it um, where because I, I didn't watch it live i watched the video after the fact just the sense in the community parallel looking at some of the posts while listening to that presentation and seeing so much of the kind of despair and feeling of betrayal from a lot of community members while I was seeing that there was some potential or possibility with the game moving forward. We've always known the platform was going to have to change at some point. We've all known that. So looking at it more as a, now we have some idea of how that's going to happen and what we can do about it and try to hold CCP more clearly accountable for clear communication and transparency moving forward so that we can avoid this kind of sense of confusion or having the rug pulled out from under the community. And that's been, I think, the key motivation that I have moving on. Well, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, and, and I've known you for a while, Cross. And you're, one of the things I would say that uh, y- you would definitely bring to the CPM would definitely be that sense of stability and maturity uh, and sort of very even-keeled problem-solving approach. And, and to be honest with you, I could draw a lot of parallels between your personality and sort of the way you comport yourself and that of Mike Azariah on the CSM side. Uh, so, th- and, th- and that's no small thing. And I, th- I think you would be a huge value add to any group like that, uh, where you have a mix of younger players, uh, guys that are more PC-centric, guys that are more new player experience-centric. Uh, I think you can run the gamut between all of them. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing. And again, you, you bring a very even-keeled sort of uh, positive problem-solving approach to things. So uh, again, another couple of great candidates with uh, Zion and Cross coming into the, into the mix. And we've got Pokey, we've got Zell, and we've got a ton of other guys that are out there running for CPM, or at least that have announced. And one of the things we're going to do on Biomass is continue to bring those guys on uh, so that you get to meet those folks, not just in-game, but literally just hear a little bit about them, how they conduct their business, and just how they want to communicate to you uh, and, and what their thoughts are on some of the subjects going on in Dust and Legion. So with that, I think it's about time to start the shout outs and we'll kick this off about like we did when we uh, did the intros. So Hans, who do you have for shout outs? Uh, I guess I'll give a shout out to CCP Rotati for uh, uh, just being so open and uh, getting so much information out to the players up front and for uh, bringing uh, the sort of style of uh, working relationship that we've been asking for for a long time. And I look forward to, uh, to working with you and I hope you uh, take a list of these podcasts as well. Awesome. Okay. Cross? I'll, I'd have to say the uh, support Logi community, especially starting closed beta, those guys helped me when I had no clue how to do anything in the game and have really kind of minted the way that I've approached the game in general, both in and out of matches. The idea that it's about the team, about taking care of other people too, and about essentially getting to victory through a cooperative measure as opposed to just going out for yourself. So really appreciate those guys. Thanks for showing me a game that I've really enjoyed despite all the craziness. Awesome. Okay, Pokey? Uh, this week specifically, uh, we've got uh, Derry from OSG who uh, got our streaming set up for us, so we were not depending on Pukin to stream for us. He's muted right now for technical reasons, but you know, he worked his ass off this week to get things sorted out, and he's the reason we're streaming right now. So, you know, thanks, Derry. You are much appreciated. And Zell? Yeah, I want to echo uh, the uh, thanks for Derry doing uh, the streaming today. I talked to him a bit before we got going. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Fiddlestacks and uh, Steel Dark Knight from uh, 
ERA and AE, respectively, who uh, were both really cool guys to talk to this week in regards to uh, getting districts out to uh, more players uh, and getting more people playing on Planetary Conquest. And I I really appreciate uh, them. A shout out to my alliance, top men, and uh, to uh, uh, Zion TCD, because they're they're chilling with us now. So that's cool. Hey, thank you. (laughs) And Sedway to Zion. Uh, my shout-out's going to go to, um, first of all, Regnum. Thanks for stopping by my, my CPM forum post and, and leaving all good things. All good things. And uh, and also to Victor for stopping by and saying hi. Um, another shout-out goes to uh, uh, my Yoda. No names will be mentioned, but um, uh, been having a good discussion with him tonight over on Skype. And um, another shout-out will go to... You guys here at Biomass, thank you for having me on. Um, really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully I'll become a regular until you boot me. So, uh, We don't boot anybody, but we do have a <laughs> It's okay. Nice. Um, the, uh, I, I do have a couple couple quick shout-outs for everybody. First, uh, Rivera from Science for Death. Uh, she's a very well-known player in the Dust community. It is her birthday today, and I told her I would give her a shout-out on Biomass tonight. Uh, second, from the High Drag po- uh, podcast, it's an Eve podcast. Really, really well done. Highly recommend it. Uh, Kyle Yanowski, keep it like it was, brother. Uh, and thirdly, uh, I would like to, to draw a little bit of attention to something that Virgin Destroyer 7 has been doing. Um, everybody knows that, that uh, essentially Podside has helped bring us on board as a actual media platform for Dust and Legion. And uh, the primary host for, for Podside, uh, Far From Pugin, is an absolutely fantastic guy that has done a ton for the EVE community. And frankly, he's done a lot for the, for the Dust community, even though a lot of, a lot of Dust players don't realize it. Um, he's, he's going through some tough times right now. And there is a, uh, essentially uh, a kind of, kind of what we did for Quick Gloves and his family. There's a, a similar construct up. Uh, to give him a little bit of help and Virgin Destroyers put that up on the east side and the dust side and I really recommend folks check that out Uh, and again it's one of those things where what's unique about the gaming community here that fall under CCP games uh, as much as we give each other shit we do give a shit literally Um, so you've seen it on the east side before and you've seen it on the dust side before when you've got somebody in the community that needs a hand and uh, they've proven to be a valued member of the community we all chip in uh, or at least help out in whatever way we can, even if it's just your thoughts and prayers. So I would recommend checking out Virgin Destroyer's posts on both the Even Does side and see if you can help out Jason. Uh, yeah, highly recommended that, uh, that you go take a look. And with that, I think this is going to bring uh, Episode 3 of Biomass to a close, and we'll be getting these up uh, posted for everybody uh, for your download pleasure uh, here later this week. And we're going through a couple of different technical pieces where uh, how we're streaming and where we want to hang some of the uh, hang some of the files, but by and large, you guys have been incredibly patient with us for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and again, thanks for all the feedback. You know, we get good feedback, we get bad feedback, but feedback is feedback, and it's really helping us. So what we want to do is continue to shape the shape this this show so it can be value added to the player community. And we can kind of build some positive bridges again. We want to have some fun doing it. So. Be on the lookout for invites uh, up onto the show. And with that, I think we'll call it a night, guys.